welcome to 1867 and all that. Episode one, The Duel. Let me tell you a story about someone you might have heard about doing something a little unexpected. It's about George Etienne Cartier, one of the fathers of Confederation. And not just one of the fathers of Confederation, perhaps the most important one. Yes, the wily and sometimes overly fond of drink John A. Macdonald became the country's first prime minister. But without the confident, charming, and conservative leader of French Canadians, Macdonald would have had very little. It's the winter of 1867 and Cartier is in London, England. The Confederation deal that he and Macdonald and another irascible sometime foe, George Brown, had championed was about to be finalized. Canada was about to be born. Cartier was enjoying British high society. At dinner parties with lords and ladies, they asked Cartier to say a few words. And he would stand feeling perhaps a little tipsy, a little spry and confident. He would tell the assembled aristocrats that it was thanks to him, and even more so to his people, to French Canadians, that the British would retain control over northern North America. Cartier was proud of the achievement, of the way serving the interests of his own people also led him to keep Canada British. It was more than a bit of a strange moment. You have to wonder if at one of the many banquets he attended, standing up at a table of overdressed and overfed aristocrats, professing his loyalty to Britain, he ever paused to think about that morning, almost a decade before in August of 1848, a year of revolution across Europe. That was the morning when Cartier fought a duel with a man who had dared to suggest he was a coward. And what was the cause of his cowardice? What did this man say that Cartier had been so frightened of? Well, of fighting the British, of course, of trying to rid North America of the British curse. You see, in 1848, Cartier was a young politician on the rise, but he was a man with a checkered past. A decade earlier in 1837, Cartier had fought not to preserve the British tradition, but to expel the Brits from Canada. And I don't mean that he fought metaphorically. I mean holding a musket in his hand and risking his life. And when that newspaper in 1848 published a report claiming that during the rebellion, Cartier had cowered in fear at one of the key battles, the British raid at Saint-Denis, well, that was just too much for Georges-Étienne Cartier. He marched down to the paper's offices and he stormed in demanding to know who had written this scurrilous accusation. Everyone looked one to the other until finally one rather slight man courageously stood up to try to take responsibility. But Cartier took one look at the pipsqueak and said he was having none of it, declaring, I will not fight with a marmoset. Eventually, the actual author fessed up and a date was set to fight a duel. Yes, really, a duel. This wasn't the only one. Canadian politics in these years were beset with squabbles in Parliament that turned into 20 paces and gunshots at dawn. In this case, both men arranged to meet at the top of Mount Royal in Montreal. But just as the duel was about to begin, the Montreal police arrived with Cartier's brother to stop the fight. Men tried to fight duels, but they were still illegal. That might have ended things. After all, both men had showed their willingness to defend their honor. But a few days later, another paper reported that Cartier had never intended to fight the duel, 
and that he'd arranged with his brother to bring the police to save him. There was again that accusation of cowardice. So another date and another time was set, this time more secretly. At dawn, the men met with their seconds. They took their 20 paces away, turned and fired. This was how much Cartier cared not to be called a coward. For Georges-Étienne Cartier, the man who would be a father of confederation, and a man who would be, he was right, responsible for keeping Canada British, had indeed fought for the rebels in 1837. He stood shoulder to shoulder with his brothers in a stone building, loading muskets and taking turns, firing at the advancing British forces in the little town of Saint-Denis. Cartier and the rebels had won that battle, forcing the British redcoats to retreat. No one was going to take that away from him. So how in the world did George Etienne Cartier, the rebel of 1837, come to be a father of confederation, come to be invited amongst the British aristocrats so he could boast of keeping Canada British? That story, and many others, is the subject of the new podcast, 1867, and all that, a history of Canadian politics. In season one, we learn about the rebellions of 1837 and 1838, and then in the aftermath of their failure, we turn to the fight over just what democratic government would look like in the Canadas. There are lively personalities here, the wild reformer William Lyon Mackenzie of Upper Canada, the lovelorn Robert Baldwin, father of responsible government, there are a bevy of governors-general who in the 1830s and 1840s seemed to only come to Canada to die. Whether it was one who died from horrendous facial cancers that ate a hole in his cheek, to another who fell off a horse and died painfully after infection set into his wounds. And then there are some rather un-Canadian incidents of political violence, from Tory mobs burning down Parliament, to gangs of partisan rivals drunkenly fighting it out with cudgels at the polls. If you think you know Canadian history, and if, heaven forbid, you think Canadian history isn't interesting, then there are plenty of surprises in store for you on 1867 and all that. Subscribe now so you can learn all you never thought you could even know about Canadian political history. 1867 and All That is created, written, and narrated by me, Christopher Dummett, and produced by Jessica Clement with the generous support of Trent University. Until next time, remember, there's a lot of all that to 1867 and all that. <laughs>